welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Grace Assembly of God Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. If you would like additional information, visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. Engage, less is more. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, talk and um, information today on decluttering and simplifying our lives. Uh, we find it can renew us, it can just free us up from so many things, and it can leave time and for us to be energized for other things. There's a Chinese proverb that says this, that everything that you own owns you. And how many have found that so? Everything you own owns you. It takes a bigger bite out of you. So you see that beautiful card, you say, oh, yeah, we can afford that. Well, how many know that will own you, but the insurance company is going to own a larger piece of you too because it, it's just the way it goes. Everything we own owns us. This past uh, um, couple of weeks, uh, my wife and I have been in Florida, and uh, it's been a wonderful time. I want to say thank you and thank you to the board just for your blessings and going there. It has allowed us to sort of... Um, uh, renew and uh, restore and, and renew some priorities and be alone with God. And, and what it allows for me is, um, if you would think of grace as, a, as, uh, as an airship, if you would, or a, a jumbo jet, I sit in the pilot seat all the time, 24-7, and it's just, you're just never off because that's the buck stops here. What it allows me to do is get in the co-pilot seat for a little while. And then if we, uh, and then if we hit some especially turbulent uh, territory, if you would, I can quickly, they can quickly call me or I can quickly jump in the pilot seat. And we've had to do that uh, a couple times over the last few weeks. But there's just something about not being on, on 24-7 that is really so good. And, but what, here's the deal. We have a, you know, we have a lovely home and, and several, a couple thousand square feet, all the room we'd want and a, a nice yard and all those things. But um, what I found, we're in this efficiency apartment. It's ground level. It's just, it's 200 yards from the beach. Listen, I don't want you jealous, but I'll tell you anyway. We keep the windows open at nighttime. We can hear the ocean waves. Now, how about that? All night long. I, all You just wake up and say, Oh man, it's a rough life. Someone's got to do it. And um, but so that but what we found is we're packing. We said, how are we going to? How are we going to make sure we have enough stuff and not forget anything because we're going away for several weeks and we're going to be living in a room the size of our living room, right? From five bedrooms to one area, eating, sleeping, and then your bath and in a closet. How are we going to do So we're worried that we don't want to pack too much because we won't be able to fill it in, but we don't want to forget anything. So listen to this. We get down there, and there was a few things that we forgot. But you know what? After two weeks, we have found that we have absolutely enjoyed ourselves 
We've not, we didn't take a snow shovel. How I many know oh, there's no snow shovels in Florida? Okay. We were praying for y'all when there's snow up here, but then we went out to, you know, get some more sun. But what we found is that we could get along without all the stuff, all the stuff that we've possessed. Last night, or this morning rather, I reached under the bed to get my favorite pair of slippers. I didn't take them to Florida. I thought, how am I going to get along without them? Because I have a ritual in the morning. I put those on. I make my own coffee. I do my devotions. And isn't it silly? Like, how can you not do devotions without, without your favorite pair of slippers? But I was thought, courageous and thought I'd try it. I reached under the bed, and I said, you know, I didn't even think about those crazy slippers for the last two weeks at all. Well, Paul the Apostle in Romans chapter 12, this is what he's talking about, is decluttering our lives and focusing on the main things so that we can have a less complicated life, but a more successful and an enriching life that receives the grace of God. And what Romans chapter 12 is about, it is really, it, it is really about responding to the grace of God with a new way of living in this world that we live in. And I want to share, there's uh, three things, but actually there's four, number, four points. And, and by the way, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, uh, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Almost everyone knows that. Almost everyone knows it's one of the most popular verses in all of the New Testament. We're going to look into that this morning. The first thing is this. Let's, let's look at upward in worship. There's three things I want to share with you. As we declutter and we, we restore our priorities, upward in worship to the Lord, and then inward in transformation, then outward in our service, and then outward also in our conduct towards other people. So Paul the Apostle said this in verse number one, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Upward in worship. And I'm not merely talking about worship on Sunday mornings. Pastor Daniel spoke two weeks ago, and I listened to his sermon um, just did a wonderful job. Oh, man, I wish I could be here. But I did the next best thing. I listened to it online. And one of the things that he said that's so true is that worship is just not for Sunday mornings. But upward in worship because God's Word tells us this, that He has given to us everything, everything pertaining to life and godliness. It's all found in God, in His Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, many of us are going through the 60-day reading plan. That's all the letters of Paul the Apostle, and that's found on the Bible app, Version Bible, called Paul's Letters. And yesterday, the reading was in 1 Timothy, and it said this. And what we're doing is we're reading the entire epistles, and it takes 60 days to do it. He said that godliness with contentment is great gain. And that's for everybody. You don't have to be a wealthy person to be content. If you are content and you are living to please the Lord, that is great gain 
that wealth, money, position, power, legacy can never replace that and can never buy it. And so in view of the mercies of God, the context when Paul wrote this upward in worship, remember he was writing, he was writing to people who understood worship a little bit differently than we did do now. Worship back then had to do with sacrifice and ultimately killing animals. Uh, for it wasn't only for God's people, but the ancient Near East people, they all killed animals. And there's still places in the world today that kill animals to sacrifice to their gods. But for the people of God, God said the life is in the blood. And when you sacrifice to me, I want you to give something that costs you something. And so they would, they would bring, according to their means, if you, were, if you were a wealthy person, it might be a bull. If you had very little means, it might be a turtle dove or a pair of turtle doves or whatever. But in that context that Paul was writing about, it was that sacrifice, a literal sacrifice on the altar, was an outward sign, a tangible sign of worship to God. But unfortunately, what happened, people would take that and say, well, as long as I've sacrificed, then I'm good to go. Okay, I've sinned, but here it is. I've, I've killed a little lamb, so I'm good to go. I saw this worked out um, when I was in high school. We lived in an area that was a very, very, uh, the, the Catholic Church had a very strong presence, and they have a thing uh, called confession. How many are, are you familiar with confession? And, and originally, its roots it's a biblical root. You know, the Bible says confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. There's something good about confession. But what I found out and what my friends, what my friends quickly learned to do, they learned to play the system. So they would party on the weekend and then they would go to confession and then they would hand down, you say so many Hail Marys or you do this and then you're good to go. And so... That's what they thought, well, now I'm good to go. And what happens that when we think that worship is just a one-time event and then we're good to go, we've got it wrapped up, we've checked off our list, we're missing the point as surely as people did in the Bible times when they, they would sacrifice and say, well, okay, I'm set. I don't have to, I can live the way I want as long as I follow all the rules. And so Paul said he beseeched us in view of the mercies of God acceptable or all in worship responds to God's grace in our life. And so it's not, it's, Lord, I can't praise you enough, or I can't praise you in enough ways. It's, it's I like to say what the scripture describes as kinesthetic. And how many know what kinesthetic means? It's, it's with everything. Like some kids are auditory learners uh, others are visual learners, and others are kinesthetic learners. The way they learn best is by feeling it and experiencing. That's why my mom and dad, they just figured all the kids were kinesthetic uh, learners, and so when it came to discipline, and guess what they did? Anyone want? <laughs> they wanted us to experience the pain of discipline, not just sit down until I count to three. And Well, anyway, we won't go there. But it means that our bodies, our spirit, and our soul, our emotions, and our mind, and Paul said, Paul said this, it is our spiritual worship 
to worship God not only with an emotional response or Sunday mornings only, but to worship Him because it opens the door to God's presence in our lives. It opens the door to what the researchers call another world or otherworldliness. And here's what's interesting. The researchers have found in America, in the churching of America, it's those churches who practice the presence of God that have grown the most and endured the longest rather than dumbing everything down because we come into God's presence and we come into God's world where God can touch us and God can speak a word to us and God can heal us and God can lift our burdens and God can forgive us. Worship opens that door. And so worship is the way we live. It's not just what we do on Sunday mornings. It's even how we eat and how we work and our bodies. It's our conduct. It's our generosity. It's the motivations of our heart. It's how we deal with others. It's the integrity that we walk with. God, church, God wants us to align our worship with his priorities. Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. The second thing I want to share with you and that Paul writes about is that inward and transformation. And he writes this. He said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. In other words, don't let the world press you into its mold. Church, I, I want to share with you in the most emphatic way possible, the world, the forces of this world are so powerful and they have been set in motion by demonic forces to conform you to the mold of this world. How many are aware of that? It is insidious. It is insidious. Paul said, be aware of this. Don't let it press you into the mold. Uh, when I was a kid and we, I was born in the state of Maine, it was, it was rural. That's all we knew. The biggest town we knew had, was a s small city of maybe 20,000, 25,000. And uh, we would go there every couple of weeks for groceries. Where we lived is 100 square miles. There's 600 people, and there was one store, Clyde Smith's General Store, still there, by the way, still two gas pumps. You can still buy rubber boots and shotgun ammunition and, and, and a sand, we used to call them hoagies, you know, but they're always cold, you know, and just, I mean, whatever you want, you can buy a little bit of everything, a washboard, you can, it's still there. Uh, still selling moxie soda, that's, a, that's indigenous to Maine, I think. But my grandmom had a farm, and everyone that I knew, uh, just about everyone I knew lived on a farm or worked on a farm or had come from a farm. Listen, you might not believe this. I did not know what margarine was until I was about 10 years old. Can you believe that? Can you believe that world? But it was homemade butter. You didn't buy butter, you made butter. How many you are familiar with that? But my grandma on the farm, they had a butter mold. They would make butter, and in this mold she'd pour, after they 
did what they did to the butter. They'd, they'd pour it in, or they'd pour it, and they'd shape it, and it was wooden, and it would have maybe a clover or a flower or a rose that was carved in it. And after that thing had cooled up, they'd set it aside in the refrigerator. Uh, after that had cooled up, they would take it away, and there's this pretty block of butter with these flowers in it. Our neighbor, Natalie, gives us a butter lamb at Easter. How many have heard of a butter lamb at Easter? That's her present to us. She's Polish. That's her present to us, right? And every year, and she puts it in a, 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 a butter mold. It leaves its mark on us. And Paul said, don't be conformed to the world. In fact, he ends up, Romans chapter 12, he said, don't, don't be overcome. Don't let evil overcome you, but overcome evil with good. Transformation is a process that involves all in worship to the Lord. Worship has a cleansing effect. All in worship has a cleansing effect. It's... We can't come just on Sunday morning and say, we've worshipped, we're good to go for the week. Doing that is sort of like taking a shower or a bath once a week and then working real hard and never washing up and just putting cologne on. Now let me tell you, something. this, this actually happened. I was 12 years old. You're, by, when you're 12, all of a sudden you, there's another world, it's called girls. And all of a sudden, you're aware, like, oh, my, they're pretty, you know, and oh, wow, you know. And um, so we went to youth camp, and this young kid came. He had an infectious smile. I still remember him. He was a little chubby and stuff, you know, and, and he came, but he came smelly. And so after two days, what we did, me, myself and some of my buddies, we, we got a hold of him and we physically carried him in the shower and we scrubbed him down. And then we put some cologne on him. Like, remember, how many remember, was it uh, English leather? Remember that, some of those stuff they had back then, you know? And so we put that on him. And so some of the young girls, the cafeteria said, oh, they call him by name. Oh, you, you, yeah, and they, you, what is that? Cologne, you know, he's beaming. Well, this is what he figured out. He figured out that putting cologne on was easier than showering. We couldn't convince him otherwise, and by the end of the week, have you ever smelled stink with cologne applied to it? It's just stinky stink. That's all it is. It's abhorrent, and no one wanted to be around him. But listen, friend. Transformation is an inward process. It's a process. It's not just worshiping on Sunday morning. That's part of it. Letting God minister to us any more than taking a shower once a week and working hard physically or being all sweated up and thinking that we can get away with this and just put cologne on ourselves and go about our business. God, this is the wonderful news is this, though. Do you know this? That while it is a process, do you know that God's plan for you, God's plan for you is in Romans 8, 29, it said this, is that he has destined you to be conformed to the image of his son. And how good is that? 
How many want to be more like Jesus? Let me see your hands. Yeah. How many would admit I'm not quite there yet? All right. Yeah. And, and for the guys that didn't raise their hand, I'll ask their wives, okay, and they'll, they'll answer for them. But it's a process. It, and renewing our mind, it, it, it's what we inform ourselves with and what we're reading and viewing. And, and here's a few things that, that I've written down that really helped me. Number one, believe in God's Word. Believe in God's Word. God's Word says you're a child of God. How many know you're a child of God? The enemy comes and says, you're not worthy, you're not good, look at your family, you're doing just what your family did, you're doing just what your old buddy said you're doing, you're not a child of God. Believe God's Word and stand on it. I am what God's Word declares that I am. Feed your mind with good things, with Scripture. Those things are honorable, true, good report. Count your blessings. It's easy to get in a mental rut. What Paul is talking about, renewing our minds, we have had years and decades of being and experiences that have taught us to think in a certain way, and so often those ways are destructive. They're destructive, and they can become toxic to us of how we think. And Paul said, God has a better way. Count your blessings. Let go of the things that you can't control. Practice kindness. Don't sweat the small stuff. Practice, 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 practice. So I went into Walmart the other day. And uh, my Lord, they have big Walmarts in Florida. I mean big Walmarts in Florida. And I'm almost tempted to get one of those little scooters that people get, you know, just like fake I have an injury or something, you know, like give it with a cane, you know. They're huge. So uh, something happened. They had to turn something. I don't know what it was. And so it, I love, I like to watch people. And, I, and I've often remarked that uh, someday, I guess a goal of life of mine would be, or it would be ultimately relaxing, just to sit on the bench in, in the mall when malls are popular, just watch people go by. I, when Chris would take me shopping, that's what I would do. I had no desire to go in all those stores and all those places, just sit on the bench and watch people go by. So I'm observing people. So the guy in front of me, he comes up, he's about 25. I haven't seen this in a long time. He has a cigarette in his ear. I don't remember that. Put cigarette, you know, and he's tatted up. And he just looks really, really, like, just had an attitude. So he had a fishing rod, and it was well used. And he says, I want my money back. You know. And she looked at it. She said, I can hardly read. They still had the barcode on. She said, it's so worn, I can hardly read it. And, uh, well, I, I want my money back. It doesn't work. And she said, well, what's happening? He said, it, the gears don't work anymore. Well, it was obvious to me. You know what I'm saying. It hadn't been. But anyway, all of a sudden, she's, okay, that'll be $67. She counted out $67 to him like that. Psst, off he went. I get up in line, and there's these two veteran women. One was about 60. The other was mid-50s. And I just watch how they handle things in customer service. And these are real veterans. 
So I, I get up next. I said, man, I bet you see a lot at Walmart, don't you? She said, you wouldn't believe what I see. I said, I guess you have to get over sweating the small stuff, don't you? She said, boy, you got that right. She said, this is what I do. She said, I, I refund according to the company policy. She said, I know some people are pulling the wool over, over us. They think they're working the system. But she said, this is what she said. She said, I live according to the rules. And she said, I'm not going to let some of a lot of what I see upset my day. It's just not worth it. It's not worth it. And when there's problems and small stuff in life, treat them like the brush fire they are and get out the fire extinguisher or a bucket of water. Don't get out the gasoline. How many hear what I'm saying? And try to put it out like with charcoal lighter. That's, that'll come up that flame and blow up and burn you up. And we can get into those mental ruts, but don't set the small stuff and say, Lord, just help me to forget this, move on. You've got something better for me than sweating this small stuff, letting go of the things that you can't control. And when we change the way we think, we change the way we live, and then we prove God's will in our life. My mom is 88 years old. She's had a tough year physically. She's always been so strong, and she's been falling down, and she's on a cane and on a walker, and it just it's just killing her, and she's always done physically everything she wants. She's down in Florida now. She loves to swim. She's a champion swimmer. And so she can't walk anymore, but she can swim. And she went over, it's been a couple of months, and she went over to where they are, these, you know, these big retirement villages. They have Olympic-sized pool. And she called me up. She said, Paul, I was so scared. I was, I was shaking as I was going into the water, right? Because the series of things that are debilitator, she said, I lost my confidence that I could even do that. But she said, then my granddaughter, it's, it's my, my nephew Tyler's wife, Carolyn, was down with her. She said, Grandma, you can do this. You're, you're, you can still swim. Just relax once you get in the water. And she said, I'll hold you. I'm here. If anything happens, I'll hold you. I'm here for you. And my mom said, Paul, she said, those words of Carolyn gave me encouragement, and I let myself in, you know, the stainless steel bar, and you walk in. She says, I finally, I finally let go and just pushed off, and then she started to swim, and it all come back like that. And I believe, and Paul says, that who we hang out with absolutely affects the process of inward transformation. He said, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. And I want to encourage you. This is, a, this is a spiritual decision, who we hang out with. Get with those people that can encourage you. And then what is God's will for you? What do you need to do so that you won't be pressed into bad habits, but you will allow God to touch your life, be pressed into his destiny for you, which is conformed to the image of his son. Praise his name. The third thing that I want to share with you is this outward in service. And he writes these words. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. 
Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, a prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his service, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. What Paul is talking about is this, avoid stinking thinking, but think with sound judgment. That is how we view others. This world's mold, this world's mold is about what benefits me, what's in it for me. It's self-centered and it's selfishness. I, I am alarmed as a citizen of the United States and a follower of Jesus Christ and a leader in the body of Christ at how quickly the values of this once great country have slid down the hill towards the point of no return. It's been going on for some time. Under President Obama, a lot of things that God's Word condemns were allowed to see the light of day. Under President Trump, it's it's gone down even quicker. I believe this. Now listen, this is not an endorsement of the man and his ways, but he is focused on things, on some things that I believe are right, and, it is, and all the demons in hell have come out in reaction against it. What was unthinkable two or three years ago is now commonplace. Vice President Pence and his wife wrote a wonderful children's book. I don't know if you've seen it. It's called, it's a, a, a rabbit in the White House. And the rabbit's name is Marlon Bundo, okay? Beautifully illustrated. This is a children's book. It's really, it's a gift. Someone has taken exception to it. They've written a book about two, two gay bunnies in the White House that are not allowed to marry, right? And it is off the charts on the New York Times bestseller list, and they interviewed this guy from Britain the other day. And I want to say, by the way, Britain and Western Europe are never models that the United States should aspire to. This is what he said. In this, it was unbelievable to me. He said, he said, I know that James Dobson wouldn't agree with this, but he said, James Dobson is a horrible person. And focus on the family, the organization, is an appalling organization. This is on late night TV, and the audience stood and clapped and cheered and hooted them off. It was unbelievable. This is why Paul said, don't be conformed to this world. Avoid stinking thinking, because stinking thinking of this world will say to you to be quiet 
Because if I say anything, I'm going to get hooted out of existence. I want you to know, Paul said this, that this is what he wrote to Timothy. He said, it's just in uh, 1 Thessalonians, it, he wrote to the church rather, he said this, that your aim is to please God, not those that are around you. Can someone say amen? We will only thrive and be the community for the presence of God if we're the people of God, loving God and doing works of faith and good and exercising a labor of love, but living out the truths of God's Word. Not mean, not hateful, not, a, not any of that, but we dare not be conformed to the mold of this world where we hoot and cheer and say, for instance, James, Dr. James Dobson, are you serious? How many know who Dr. James Dobson is? Who's helped countless millions of parents and families, helped us. I mean, helped us tremendously in, in raising our own family. How could he be called a horrible, ter terrible person? And the focus on the family who is so good, how could that be called a, a, an appalling organization and receive cheers? I want to encourage you, church, run as fast as you can from that. God has a better destiny for you, and that's to be conformed to his image. So avoid stinking thinking. Think with sound judgment. I'm going to have the band come if they would. Exercise your gifts according to the faith that's given to you. Be faithful, be available, be teachable. And so, are you using your gifts for what God has intended? Why has God given you gifts? You're part of the body of Jesus Christ. God's given you gifts. Listen, you have something to contribute. If this is your faith community, you call this place home, and I hope you do. You have something to contribute here. But do you know that this community of faith has something to contribute to your life as you exercise your gifts? As we exercise our gifts, it's a form of worship to the Lord, and it opens uh, the door of God's presence in our lives to flow through other people to our lives. And the last thing that I want to do this morning, I want to share with you, is outward in conduct. This is God's formula for renewing our minds. Verses 9 through 21. Paul writes this. He says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. My, we got a call Thursday night, 12.30 at night from uh, my wife's sister, Barb. If Barb calls, she doesn't call at 12.30 at night. She goes to bed 9 or 10. She's out. It's gone. And we were asleep. And, and I heard Chris say, what's wrong? What's wrong? She said, they just rushed our brother Peter to the hospital. 61 years old, very active, strong. They found blood clots in both lungs and his legs. They have to do immediately. They said it was a surgery. It turned out that they, there was a less invasive thing. She said we were to go down there on Friday late evening. I was flying out of Fort Lauderdale on Saturday. She said, can you come early? And I said, Chris, of course. So we got there and we went to the hospital and there's her brother, this big burly guy. And the doctor had said, if you'd have got here much later, it would have been over. A pulmonary embolism. So we walked into the room. He and his uh, 
partner, woman. They're not of the Christian faith. Sort of denied that, but yet he knows because he watched what Chris did in her life. And I prayed. I prayed for him. And we told him that there's people at Grace that are praying because we've been put on the prayer chain. And they didn't know how long it was going to be. And they didn't know it wasn't out of the woods and all that. Well, we got the report yesterday, or Chris texted me last night. She said, the doctor said, listen to this, they've set him up. They're going to move him to a regular room, and it looks like on Sunday today they're going to send him home. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Yes. That's the community. But be devoted to one another in brotherly love like you are to your own family. It, has there been some flare-ups in Chris's family? Yes. Has there been some flare-ups in my family? Yes. But we're devoted to each other. And in the body of Christ, the test of the community of faith where you are, and I am that we're devoted to people. This is not check-in like we're getting a shower once a week. This is all in for cleansing from the Lord and contributing to one another. And then Paul says, never take your own revenge, but give room for God to work. We want to take revenge, and we want it made now. We want to react and put people in their place. But Paul said, don't take your own revenge. Give room for God to work, because when we allow God room to work, when God does a, room, a work, it's a lasting work. When we do it, when we take revenge, all it does is someone's going to come back with a bigger gun. That's all that is. Or they're going to hate us. And don't overcome by evil. Don't be overcome, but overcome evil with good. Praise His name. I'm going to ask you to stand right now. The Lord bless you as you stand. And the worship team, in just a moment, they're going to be singing this. And we have uh, prayer teams that will come to the front and uh, this morning. And... I, we want to make ourselves available to the Lord. And, and I want to say this. Today, if, if you want the Lord just to touch you, you might have, you have some patterns of thought that you can't get rid of. And you need the Lord's help because that's normal, by the way. We didn't, listen, we didn't get into these patterns of destructive thought by ourselves. It comes from our parents, our associates, and teachers. And then we add to it. How many understand that? It is highly unlikely that you're going to get out of this by yourself. But by the grace of God and the touch of God and people that care, if we can work our way out of this jungle, praise God. And this morning, I'm just going to open these altars this morning. If you want to come for prayer, and we'll be here, we'll pray for you. The Lord will touch you because He's destined you to be conformed to the image of His Son. If you're here this morning, and you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is the day right now. This is the time. There's no reason to delay it. No reason. There's nothing. There's no downside to receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. His destiny for you is far different than the destiny that the prince of this world has. Praise his name. Amen. So as they begin to sing, I'm going to just open the altars up. You can come and you come. We'll pray with you. We just, I believe God wants to work in lives this morning. How about you? Amen. God bless you. Let's begin to lead us, Daniel, if you would. God bless you.